0: Good morning First Southern, it is a privilege to be here preaching the Word of God. If you don't know me, I am Pastor Daniel Oliveira, I am from Brazil. My church has sent me here to the U.S. to finish my master's degree. We initiated this program of training uh, the younger pastors of our church so we can eventually um, take the place of our older pastors and so a transition could be made more smoothly in the future. Now, we've been having a great time here, but yeah, we do miss home. Uh, Brazil is a nice place. Uh, We miss our church. If you're from our church back in Brazil, you're watching. Nós amamos vocês. Um beijo. We really miss you. We really do. Um, And now, new church family here. Uh, Let me just say what a privilege it has been for me and my family to to attend this church and be members here since since last October. Um, Jesus has um, been very, very kind to us here. Um from the from day one we were here at, at First Southern, um we just felt loved. We could feel the love of Jesus here. Um, the people greeting us, people in Sunday school sharing their faith, um diving into the Bible, um giving their 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 insights on God's Word. And Pastor Chad's preaching um on the book of Acts at the time just so clearly and and in, in a way that really glorified the person of Jesus and lifted His Word um, above any human philosophy. It, we, we just looked at each other. My wife, Elise, and I said, this is the place for us. And a few Sundays, our, our sons, Nathan, David, and Silas, they had made, made friends. And what happens now is that they, they long to be at church. They're like, okay, we're going to church. Yeah. They're so happy. So we're really thankful uh, for all this and for the privilege of being here today to study the Word of God, but hey, this is not about me, it's about Jesus. So open up your Bible to the Gospel according to Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. We are studying the Beatitudes, that's the introduction to the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest sermon ever preached, preached by the greatest preacher ever which is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, it would have been amazing to be there. Imagine Jesus walking up to that mountain, sitting down, looking at his disciples and saying, blessed For your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called sons of God. Let us pray. Jesus, help us understand this. Help me be clear. help my brothers and sisters and friends that may be watching help them understand what you have to say in your holy name we pray amen to be blessed means to be looked with favor by god now i've been in situations in which it it didn't seem like i was being favored Um, so brazil is home to the largest tropical rainforest in the world it's huge but it's far away brazil is a big country okay if you don't count alaska brazil is as big as the united states it's huge there's a 220 million population and there are indigenous tribes um, spread all throughout our territory Um, some of them are in the amazon some are not Um, but there are tribes in the amazon that have not been reached by by Society, as we know it, they have no contact with modern man, um, so we pray for those. but there are other tribes that have already been reached by the gospel, and I had the privilege of um, visiting one of them in my time there it wasn't it wasn 't good, but it was great how well, first of all it 's very humid and very hot, um, maybe not as hot as Arizona, <laughs> but it 's pretty hot and in the jungle the jungle is dangerous so uh, i almost got stung by this um black centipede with red legs and um, people told me that if i had been stung by that i would bleed through my eyes um i I, I was, I was, I, I kicked a beehive in the middle of the jungle. The, the bees stung me all over. Um, I had to take medicine. I had to be carried out of the jungle by, by missionaries and <laughs> in the indigenous population. It was, it was <laughs> not, not the most favorable time, was it? It was, it was incredible. And we had the opportunity of sharing the gospel with that, with that tribe and encouraged the Christians that were there and teach the bible it it was incredible it was amazing well did you like being stung no did you like i i I kicked a big knife i cut my foot in a canoe did i like it no i didn't but you know what those experiences um, gave us so many points of contact with those brothers and sisters that i just just fell in love with them And I always carry them in my heart and I pray for them and I pray that God uses them powerfully. Now, that situation, okay, it wasn't all roses, but the favor of God was upon us. In that situation in which I got stung by the bees, we were hunting. The indigenous tribe had uh, smelled um, wild boar that that were in the jungle, so they started shooting um, the boars, and they wanted us to hunt with them. And on my way to the, to the place where the boar wore, so we could hunt, um, I kicked that big knife. My foot was bleeding. Um, I was barefoot uh, walking in the middle of the jungle. I kicked a beehive. So uh, there I am sitting in the jungle. People had a perimeter um, of armed... Uh, indigenous and missionaries around me to protect me from the boar, because they are dangerous. But in that situation, one of my friends uh, who was a missionary um, working at my church, he got a bow and arrow and he hit one of the boar. And when the indigenous tribe heard that a white man had stuck his bow on a boar The church was just filled up. Everybody wanted to hear about it. Uh, We uh, had preached at other nights in this indigenous church in the jungle. And when I was preaching, there were like between 50 or 70 people. But when my friend preached, when the tribe heard that he had struck the boar, man, a thousand people filled the church. The the entire village was there. There There were people in the windows. They all wanted to be there. Well, it was a difficult situation. We didn't want to suffer what we did. But you know what? The opportunity of talking to people and sharing God's peace through the cross of Jesus Christ that night, it it was worth it. It was all worth it. And as we were traveling back in that little airplane over the Amazon, a thought um, came to my mind and it filled my heart, that conviction that, if God wanted me to go back there, hard as it was, it was it was terrible, I would go there gladly, because God's favor would be upon me. We should seek God's favor. We shouldn't seek to save our lives and improve our life. No, no. Seek God's will first, seek his kingdom, seek his favor. Now what does he expect of me? Well, The verse we're studying today is that he is saying that he expects me to be a peacemaker. Now, the word blessed, if I look for other uses of it in the Bible, it appears in 50 other places. So it's really nice to see how different authors in the Bible, they use this word. Now, if I look for the word peacemaker, it only appears once, only here. The only other place we can find something like the word peacemaker. It's in a verbal format and it's used by, by, by Paul in his letter to the Colossians in chapter 1 verse 20. There he says that Jesus made peace between man and God through his cross. True peace only comes when humanity has peace with God. Now, we can organize our society in a way that's peaceful, and it's, it's great, we should do that. We shouldn't be fighting all the time. To be a peacemaker really does involve our relationship with each other, uh, with the people around us, with the people that are Christian, with the people that aren't Christian. At church, you know what? If you don't like somebody at church, well, work on it, because we need to be peacemakers. Maybe you will see the person going for the coffee line like, I don't want to talk to him. Well, guess what? Risk it, go to the line, say hello, you can do it, be a peacemaker, seek good relationships inside of the church. And with other people in society who are not Christians, well, seek peace too. Um, I I don't think you should be offensive to people who disagree. Um, Somebody cuts you off in the freeway, you could honk so the person sees you, but I don't think you should open the window to say something offensive to them. That's just not who we are. We're peacemakers. We are people of peace. Now, sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks very loudly in our hearts and he frees us from situations that could have been a disaster. Uh, A friend from, from my boys school, she made an end of the year party and she invited everybody from his class with their families to their house. We were really excited about this because we love Jesus. We, we love to meet people and have an opportunity to be a blessing and maybe share the gospel. So before we got to the party, we asked if they needed anything. They said, well, you could buy this thing for the party. And so we went to the supermarket. Um, but before we bought it, I left my cart just beside me um, and we ordered some food. Um, so I sat with a family with our shopping cart beside us. And we started eating. And then somebody started moving my cart without asking my permission. They touched my cart. At that moment, I got really mad, and then the Holy Spirit calmed me down. I graciously looked at the person who was pushing my cart and said, I'm sorry, my cart was in your way. I'm so sorry. And the person apologized and kept on going forward. There was a child in her cart. My child looked at that child. He said, Hey, it's you. It was his friend. And the lady that was pushing my cart, it was her mother. And it was her that invited us to go to her house in a few minutes. Now imagine if I had not been a peacemaker at that time, if I had listened to my deceived heart and complained and said, well, what are you doing? But at that time, oh, I'm glad I heard the Holy Spirit. I said, I'm sorry, let me get this out of your way. Because that opened the door for a good visit at their house a few minutes later. That situation could have been a lot different. Now, sometimes we avoid difficult situations. Other times we avoid very complicated situations. There are people that don't talk to each other for years. There are people sometimes inside of the church who do not talk to each other because of decisions they didn't agree with. I wanted this wall to be green. I wanted this wall to be blue. Well, come to terms. Paint it gray, but walk in peace. Now, the peace that God has to offer is a peace that has to do with fulfillment, has to do with wholeness, has to do with um, trust in a God that protects you, and even though you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you fear no evil, because God is with you. That is the type of peace that God's talking about. You may go through the valley of the shadow of death, but you're not fear. You're not in fear. You're not fearing evil because Jesus is with you. God is with you. Now, this is a peace that we have to put into action, and it's beautiful that we as in mission trips, for example, we can build a church, we can bring food to the needy, we can fix a school and, and acquire books so children can study. But you know what? When those children get to the judgment seat of God, um, having all that knowledge in their heads and their, f- their food in their bellies and their skins protected by the buildings we built around them, there will be nothing that can protect them from the wrath of God except the blood of Jesus Christ. The work of a true peacemaker does not stop on everyday things. It involves everyday things, but it has to do with the eternal destiny of people. We need to share the gospel and sometimes to share the gospel, we think we need to preach at people in the supermarket for 15 minutes. That's probably not going to happen. If it does, okay, share the gospel, preach for 15 minutes. But sometimes all you need to do is concentrate in putting a rock on a person's shoe. Show love, show a little bit of what God has done in your life. Just a rock in their shoe. That could be the work of a true peacemaker. Now investing in missions um, cannot be resumed in social work, because social work does not save the soul. Social work makes life better, which is really nice. We should do it. It's good. But if we summarize our missionary work into social work, we're just going to be helping people have a good life on earth, but they'll still face hell. Somebody has to pay for sin. Blood has to be shed. Will it be your blood being shed forever in hell? Or will you let the eternal power of Jesus's blood shed on the cross, cover you and cleanse you of all sin and forgive you of all sin, purify you of every piece of iniquity, make you a whole new person in peace with God? The text says, a person who is called son of God, to be a child of God. It's not merely being human, John chapter 1 verse 12 will state that all those who have received them, they have become children of God. The power to be a child of God is contingent in your receiving Jesus Christ. Did you open your heart through the message of Jesus in a way that you gave your life, you gave your dreams, you gave Him your sins saying, forgive me of my sins, I was wrong. I want to die for my old life. I want to resurrect for a new life in which you are the King of my heart. Only those people are the children of God and only those who have experienced true peace with God from His sacrifice on the cross. Only those are called His children. Only those can give people true peace. Now, uh, we as Christians, we can fall into the mistake that the people in Jeremiah's time fell. In Jeremiah chapter 6, um, verse 14, He rebukes people who say that there's peace, peace when there's no peace. Be alert. There's no peace if there's no repentance. There's no peace if there is no receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Now, if possible, we should have peace with everyone. But there will be times when when it will not be possible. The text will say that the pure in heart shall see God, and the text says that the peacemakers shall be called sons of God, and the text also says that blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now there will be times in which to defend the purity of heart, we will need to stand up against evil, and you know what? That's part of being a peacemaker. We don't sweep the dirt under the rug. We don't hide other people's um, sin in order not to make a fuss. We confront them with their sin in the right way, in a respectful and gracious way, not in a shaming way, but we do fight for what's right. And you know what? That will bring persecution upon us, but even then we will be blessed. What's the most they can do to us? Well, they can kill us. Well, guess what? Revelation chapter 14, 13 will say. That blessed are those who die in Christ. Those who are, die, who are dying today without Christ, they are not blessed. They will face hell. They will face judgment. But those who are blessed, having given their lives to Christ, they are blessed forever because they are in Christ. His blood has covered them, has washed them off of their sin. Now, we need peacemakers. Now, if you need to confess your sins because you haven't been a peacemaker on small things, you haven't been an angry person, not giving a good testimony, shaming God's glory where you walk, you can ask for His forgiveness right now. Perhaps you have never given your life to Christ. You have no peace with God. But today God is saying, have peace with me. I will call you my son. I will call you my daughter. Let me pray for you. Jesus, we want to be peacemakers. But for that, we need to know your peace, true peace. Let us champion Jesus Christ in our lives. Let us look at the cross of Jesus Christ with confidence. Let his blood cover us and cleanse us of our sin so that we can share the peace that we have received freely from you. We need you, God. Without you, we're lost. Without you, we can have good lives here, but an eternity of suffering in hell. Let us not look to this world without compassion. People need your peace. Use us. Guide us. Make us peacemakers for the glory of your name. We your children ask you, in the name of your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you, may His face shine upon you, may He be gracious to you. We'll see you next week.